Uh, let's dive into the Word of God. We will be reading today from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. And I will invite the congregation to please stand as a sign of reverence to the Word of God. We will be reading Acts, chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. And I'm re- I'll be reading from the ESV version. If you have your Bibles with you, uh, please do read with me uh, silently or in your hearts. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. May the Lord be worshipped and praised by the reading of his word. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today that you have gathered us Lord, thank you that you are with us today. Lord, we pray that you will speak to us today, rebuke us, teach us. And Lord, these words that we will be hearing today, may it, Lord, grow in our hearts. And Lord, may we apply them in our lives. Be with your people today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all be seated. I've entitled this sermon based from the text that we have just read, Revival and Our Christian Witness. Before I go there, um, last week we have heard Pastor Wells' powerful message. And personally, my personal take uh, from that message, from that Resurrection Sunday message, is that resurrection is transformative. Resurrection transforms us. Indeed, if we truly understand the power of resurrection, it will transform us. We will be transformed by it. Just yesterday, we have officiated uh, the final committal of our dear sister Susan Ben. On that grave site where I have officiated, I mentioned that we're laying Sister Susan not to her final resting place. That's a temporary resting place. And I hope you know why I say that. Because there will be a time that that body will be resurrected. The concrete that was placed on top of that uh, coffin after the earth was the the funeral director told me is around 3,000 kilos. And that will not be a hindrance on that day that all of our loved ones who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, all of them will be resurrected. And that amount of concrete will not be a hindrance. They will be resurrected. And that message should transform us. We should be transformed by it. The idea that our bodies from corruptible will be changed into an incorruptible body should transform us. And in fact, that is the message that the first Christians were called to testify and to witness. 
They are called to witness and testify to the fact that Christ rose from the dead. That is their call. Now, for the interest of theology, there's a difference between Christian witness, evangelism, and missions. Christian witness is everything that we do that will present who Christ is. The good works that we do, the hospitality that we show are part of Christian witness. Evangelism is a particular proclamation of the gospel, telling them about the salvation of Jesus Christ. But for this purpose, I don't want us to go into slicing that very thinly because I believe they are part and parcel of each other. And from the text that we have read, we can see there a narrative where the disciples recalled a time where they have asked Jesus about when will he or when will Jesus restore the kingdom of Israel? And I think we're asking the same question. But this time, we're asking a different question. We're asking, Lord, when you're going to revive us, when will that time be? We have been talking about revival. And I want us for you to have a different mindset whenever we say revival. Revival is not just thumping your feet or you could, you know, having a frenzy. That is not revival. Revival in biblical terms means transformation. If you've been truly been transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, you've been revived. That is what revival is all about in the scriptures. Well, of course, revival is not just a spiritual experience, although it could be part of it. I would dare say, yes, it's the spiritual experience is part of it. It's not about the gifts, although it is part of it. But if we're just seeking for the spiritual experience, if we're just seeking for the gifts, we're missing the mark. We're not looking for the re revival. Revival is all about transformation. Transformation of your hearts. Transformation of your lives. Similarly, this narrative that we have just read also copies that in some way. Why do I say that? Because Jesus was um, asked by his disciples. The question was very clear. Am I right? The question is this. Let me go to verse 6. It says here, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? In the life of Christ, we will notice this. Jesus would always tell his disciples about the restoration of the kingdom of God. Now, the disciples don't understand that. For them, the restoration of the kingdom is a political restoration. Perhaps in the mind of the disciples, if Jesus has sociopolitical influence or political power, those things would probably be enough to create a revolution so that they will be freed from the Roman invasion and Roman oppression. And that, that's understandable. That's understandable. All their lives, they've been under invasion. They've been under colonial powers. That's understandable. 
Tayo mga Pilipino, for how many years we've been colonized by Spaniards? Can you remember in your basic social studies? How many years? <laughs> From 1521, on March 1521, to June, let's presume June 12, 1898, when Emilio Aguinaldo declared in the Philippine independence. That's 350 plus odd years, am I right? I, did, I don't do math, so pardon me for that. So it's natural of them to ask that. All of us would want freedom. But Jesus is not interested, is not interested in the creation of a political kingdom. He's interested in building his own kingdom. And so the question is very clear. Will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Now, the answer of Jesus did not satisfy the ears of any Jewish audience, particularly his disciples. If you were a Jew, you won't like how Jesus answered it. What's the answer of Jesus? Binarangas sila sabi, let's read from verse 7. It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority. In other words, sabi sa kanilang, manahimik kayo, it's none of your business. Am I right? He continued. He said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Wait a minute, Jesus. Wait a minute. We are just asking, when are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? So ano naman ang kinalaman namin pagiging witness dito? So it appears to me now, my dear brothers and sisters, when Jesus was trying to tell them about the kingdom of God, the establishment of the kingdom of God on earth, there is a relationship between the Holy Spirit, the power from the Holy Spirit, you, we being witnesses, and the mission, the purpose we are called to do. But the disciples did not get that. They did not heed, they did not want, they did not like what they've heard from Jesus Christ. There's a relationship between the power of the Holy Spirit that has been given to us, the call for us to be witnesses of Jesus Christ, and the purpose, the mission that we are called to do. There's a relationship. And with our short time together, we will discuss this. Now, there's very powerful words that's been said here by Jesus Christ, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This call is one of the most powerful calls made in the history of mankind, and it's twin bill. The twin bill of this is found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 8 and 20. We all know this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This two twin bill. Words of Jesus Christ are the most powerful call made 
ever in the history of mankind. Why do I say that? This great commission, this empowerment made in Acts 1.8 and in Matthew 28 moved innumerable, countless individuals, peoples, and gave their lives to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. This call empowered institutions, people, to answer the call of God. These two words are very, very powerful. So many people gave their lives because someone promised this. Because Matthew chapter 24 verse 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed through the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. You want the, the world to end? The injustice in the world uh, of this world to end? You want all the evil of this world to end? Be a witness. This gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony. This is my question. If this gospel will be proclaimed and it will be a testimony, what's the missing link? What's the missing link here? You need what? You need a message bearer. You need a witness. And that is why I've been saying that there is a relationship between the power of the Holy Spirit given to us our call as a witness and our purpose, our mission to do our task. So let me start with the first one, the Holy Spirit, the source. The Holy Spirit is not just the source. He is God. He is the ultimate source. The ad fontem, the fountain. He is not just a power like some uh, non-Christian or cultish Christians would believe who he is. He's not just a power. He is a person. He is part of the eternal triunity of Godhead. Without the Holy Spirit, without the power of the Holy Spirit, the entire Christian witness will collapse. Without his sustaining power, we could not sustain any life that we know, whether spiritual or material, without the Holy Spirit. You will not be able to endure the pains of this life without the Holy Spirit. He is our advocate. He is our helper. Let's go with that line. We will try to eat that very carefully. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. I've meant, I will mention here three narratives from the book of Acts. For the interest of time, we will not read them one by one. But in Acts 2, we know that when they were baptized by the Holy Spirit, what follows next is that Peter powerfully preached the gospel. Am I right? In Acts 2, we can read there, Acts chapter 2, verses 1, we can read that they were baptized by the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues. But they did not stop there. The gift of the Holy Spirit, my dear brothers and sisters, will always, all the time, in the scriptures, I've already mentioned here, will always accompany empowerment for you to serve. The gift of the Spirit will not be given to us for a show. Never. Never. 
You will be able to speak in tongues and would have that initial evidence of that gift, not for you to show to your sitmate that you can do not for that. Definitely not for that. You will be empowered to speak and to be baptized by the Holy You will be baptized by the Holy Spirit precisely for this reason, that you will be empowered to serve. And in this case, almost all the time in the scriptures, they're empowered to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. They're able to preach, share the gospel. We will not just practice. We believe in the gift of the Holy Spirit. I personally believe that. I confess that. But if we will just use that as a show and we will never be empowered to preach and teach the gospel, I think that's a show. I've mentioned that. Let's not do that for a show. Apostle Paul said, if you will speak in tongues, but you will not prophesy, what is that good use to you? What is the good of that in the church? Nothing. And yo kami sabi nun, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but if you read Apostle Paul, sabi pa niya, decide a greater gift. But I won't go there because I'm not Apostle Paul. But what I'm trying to say is this, we should seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit because, because it will empower us to serve. It will empower us to share the gospel. You don't want the gift of the Spirit. You don't want just to speak in tongues. You don't want just the gift of healing. Just because you want that for a show. No. Because you wanted to feel the empowerment of the Holy Spirit so that you could go out and be witness to all creation. That is the call. That is why we're telling you as part of this church, as part of this Pentecostal church, to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we are seeking the empowerment of God. But sometimes that's, we fall into that being, coming from a charismatic movement. We seek the gift but not the giver. And sometimes we stop at the gift but we never continued to the next phase of it. The empowerment to serve. Kaya titignan ko talaga kayo pag kayo ay nagkaroon ng initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. By the way, we believe that. We practice that here. I should see that you will be empowered to serve. Because that is what the scriptures tell us and teaches us. I am yet to see person who would claim that they were baptized by the Holy Spirit but never served. I-convincehin niyo ako. Convince me. Look at Philip's vision. See how the Holy Spirit empowers people. Let's look at chapter 8 of the book of Acts. In chapter 8, verses 1 to 4, we could see here that Saul, who became later on Apostle Paul, uh, was persecuting the church so heavily. Let me read Acts chapter 8, verse 3. But Saul was ravaging the church. You know, very powerful. Pagkakasakin ng Bible, Pick up those words. They were not translated there for nothing. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. Could you imagine? Papasukin na tayo sa mga bahay-bahay natin kung Christian ka. Entering house to house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. To be a Christian then means a death sentence. 
Would you want to be a Christian then? Okay na ako sa 20th century Christianity. I'm okay with this. But look how the Holy Spirit empowered them. Verse 4. Now, those who were scattered, the reason why they were scattered because they were persecuted. Am I right? Verse 4. May Bible kayo? Tignan nyo. Now, those who were scattered went about tiktoking the word. Look at the verse. What does it say? They were persecuted. They were ravaged. They were dragged to, to prison. They were in prison, of course, caused by Apostle Paul. And they were scattered. But they were scattered and went about preaching. Preaching. Preaching the word of God. Could you imagine? Only the Holy Spirit could empower people that your life is at stake, but it will never stop you. Only the Holy Spirit can do that into your life. Your life is at stake. Did they stop? They did not. In fact, they preached more. Nagkamali si Saul ng binangga. Tinabig niya ang tubig natapon lalo, kumala. Why they were able to do that? Because they have received the power from the Holy Spirit. Another is, and the last would be the Peter's preaching on Acts 10.34. Dito, slightly nauna yung preaching. In Acts chapter 10, Peter preached to Cornelius' home, ang gospel. And then in verse 44, it said, While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. While Peter was preaching, they were baptized by the Holy Spirit. And the believers from among circumstances had come with, with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the, to the Gentiles. For they hear them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone hold water for baptizing these people and commanding them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Then they asked him to remain for some six days. And of course, you know that because of that empowerment of the Holy Spirit, because they preached the word of God, many people were saved. That is part of the establishment of the kingdom of God. So, my dear friends, the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ ushers the coming of the kingdom of God on earth. You want the kingdom of God to come on earth? Proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel will not be through TikTok alone. They, we need the message bearer. We need the gospel bearer. We are the gospel bearers. We are the message bearers. And that is the call of God. Secondly, there's a call for us to be witnesses. The second line of Acts 1, chapter 6, verse 8 says here, and you will be my witnesses. I'll linger on this a bit. And you will be my witnesses. Let's define what a witness is. A witness is a person who accounts and gives, there should be an S there, and gives testimony to anything he or she perceived in his or her senses. So meaning, When you go to court, for instance, when you are called to testify uh, for someone or to something, 
you will be asked, have you seen it? Have you heard it? Have you tasted it? Have you smelled it? Ano ba yung senses? Napapersive senses, di ba? Seeing, hearing, touching, or feeling, tasting, smelling, sabi ng isa, common sense and sixth sense, or whatever sense is that. So if this is what a witness does, kung ito ang ibig sabihin ng isang witness, and you are called to be witnesses of Jesus Christ, what are we testifying about? And who are we, who are we testifying for? You're testifying for whom? For Jesus. And you're testifying about what? what you've heard from Jesus, what you have experienced from Jesus. You don't need a degree in theology to be a witness. You know why? Because your personal testimony and that alone, that testimony alone could be your testimony for you to be a witness of Jesus Christ. Hindi ba't naranasan yung kayo ay baguhin ng Panginoon? Sino rito yung binago ng Panginoon? Dati kang drug addict ngayon, hindi ka na drug addict. Addict ka na lang kay Jesus. Sino? Oh, wala, wag mo na lang aminin pala. I'm so sorry. I should not ask that. Marami sa atin dito at tayong lahat ay naririto. Meron tayong isang common denominator. We're all forgiven you could share that because you could testify that. You have perceived that in your senses. You have known that from the scripture. You have felt that in your heart. You have known that in your spirit. And you've even lived with that now. You're a life that is forgiven. Kailangan nyo ba ng degree in theology to tell to your friends that you're forgiven by God? Hindi. Don't have a misconception that when you share the gospel, you will tell them how perfect you are in Christ. No. Tell them how you've been forgiven. Tell them how God made you guilt-free. Tell them about the grace of Jesus in your life. Testify. Be a witness. Give an account. Give a testimony. Sabihin ninyo, meron kang ipagmalaki mo, na si Jesus ay buhay sa ipagmalaki mo, buhay mo'y binago. Lahat tayo rito, lahat tayo, binago ni Jesus. Be a witness for Jesus Christ. What are we going to witness? Luke chapter 24, verses 44 to 49. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the psalms must be fulfilled. We would testify that Jesus Christ is the one being referred to in the law of Moses and in the prophets, that he is the Messiah. Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture and said to them, it is written that the Christ should suffer on the third day he rise from the dead. We should tell them and testify and give a testimony that Jesus Christ is alive in our lives and that he suffered for our sins. 
and we should proclaim that there's repentance. If you repent, you will receive forgiveness. And that you have been promised of a life eternal from the Father. These are the things that we ought to witness for. You know, interestingly, the other um, definition of being a witness in the original Greek is, has a connotative meaning of being a martyr. In the original Greek, witness also would mean a martyr. I'm not joking. And this is true because this was proven by countless souls in pursuit of the gospel propagation. Before I share the story, you know that I worked with uh, the Council for World Mission, which is formerly the London Missionary Society. And I have a very interesting work before I left the organization. I was, uh, because wala namang gagawa na, ayaw nilang gawin. So I was asked by my boss, uh, boss namin ni Jerry, na uh, to go to uh, the University of London and to transfer all the journals of the missionaries from the 1700s uh, up to the present and to see all those archives. So I was able to see uh, the journals of the missionaries and the minutes of meeting of the London Missionary Society. It was a very moving and very interesting part of my work. And there are two individuals that really struck me. The first is the mission of this man named John Williams. John Williams is a London Missionary Society's missionary. Uh, if you know, you see Eric Liddell, Chariots of Fire. Do you know that story? Eric Liddell is a missionary of the London Missionary Society, uh, to which I have worked. And by the way, that LMS, the predecessor, which is Council for World Mission, is now based in Singapore. Now, Tungsi John Williams is an English missionary who sailed in the Pacific during those times, 1800s, 1820, 1815, 1817. Now, walang is just boat. Could you imagine? In the Pacific Islands of um, Tahiti, Samoa, Kiribati, Vanuatu, Fiji. You know those islands? Any one of you here who have been there to those islands? Those, if you go to a map, these are outlying islands in the middle of the Pacific. John Williams, during the 1800s, went there and preached the gospel. He was able to uh, propagate the gospel in Tahiti, uh, Polynesia in Tahiti, and then later on um, moved to Samoa and with the uh, help of the Samoans, preached the gospel to almost all the islands. Then he went back to UK, to, to London, and he was a celebrity star there. You know, wow, you went to the Pacific. No one has ever touched the Pacific yet at that time, 1800s. And imagine, I was able to go in one of the islands, Kiribati. I've been to some of the islands in the Pacific. Now, in the modern days, it will take you two days to be there. How much more, John Williams? 1800s ito, ah. So he went back to the UK. He could have stopped there. He could have stopped there. He was already... He, he already uh, 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 converted the Tahitians and he was able to convert a lot of Samoans. It's okay. And then they could continue the work, he could go back. No, he did not. He went back and he wanted to reach the people of Vanuatu. 
He went to Vanuatu and landed at Eromango. He was killed even before reaching the shoreline. Not just that, he was cannibalized. He was eaten. Reading into the chronicles of the London Missionary Society, when they heard that John Williams was cannibalized in Eromango, Vanuatu, the board learned that they were not discouraged. They sent more of them. In fact, from 1844 up until 1968, there were seven ships sent to Pacific, all named John Williams. John Williams one, John Williams two, up to the seventh from 1844 to 1968. John Williams is an effective witness of Jesus Christ. He was able to be a martyr. Only the power of the Holy Spirit can make a witness or the act of witnessing an act of martyrdom. Now, if you go to Vanuatu, if you go to Samoa, if you go to Tahiti, to Kiribati, to Melanesia, Polynesia, and all, all of them are actually Christians. In fact, if you go to Tahiti, to Vanuatu, and of all these islands, the day that when John Williams reached that shore became a public holiday to these islands in honor of this man who would became ne who never become afraid of being a witness for Jesus Christ. Powerful, powerful life. Another person is another London Missionary Society missionary, and my children know who this person is, David Livingston. Well, of course, there were a lot of uh, criticisms to David Livingstone. He only had very few converts. According to biographies, he only had one convert. Entire missionary journey, only one. But one said, even backsliden. Nag-backslide pa yung isang na-convert niya. But yung na-convert naman nung nag-backslide, according to the biographies, changed the entire village. But let's not go to that biography. David Livingston is a Scottish medical doctor. He came from a poor family. He was able to go to medical school. He has a career. He had a career to be a doctor in Scotland. He left Scotland and went to Africa. Well, of course, I would say that David Livingston wasn't able to convert a lot. But this man paved the way to modern missions in Africa. The reason why Malawi, the reason why South Africa, Zimbabwe, Zambia are Christian nations because this man paved the way for Christianity and for the next generation missionaries in Africa. In fact, there's a place in Malawi called Blantai in honor of the birthplace of David Livingstone. He loved his mission field so much, David Livingstone, that when he died, it's only his body that was interred in the Westminster Abbey in London. His heart was buried in Africa, in Zambia. He said, leave my heart in Africa. If you go to his birthplace in his museum, there's one thing that really moved me in that museum. In his epitaph, 
it reads there, the love of Christ compels you. Powerful, isn't it? We can only be witnesses of Jesus Christ if that love that we have experienced, we can witness to others because that is so compelling. John Williams and David Livingstone are just few examples of what we have seen and what we saw. But you know, this is wonderful. They never saw what they did for God as a sacrifice. They are witnesses or martyrs. They will do everything and anything to spread the love of Jesus because they are called to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. I will share you this quote. I think I've shared this in this congregation, but let me just share to you this quote by David Livingstone. For my own part, I have never ceased to rejoice that God has appointed me to such an office. People talk of the sacrifice I have made in spending so much of my life in Africa. Is that a sacrifice which brings its own blessed reward in health activity? The consciousness of doing good, peace of mind, and a bright hope for a glorious destiny hereafter? He continued, he said, Away with the word in such a view and with such a thought. It is emphatically no sacrifice. Say rather, it's a privilege. Anxiety, sickness, suffering, or danger now and then. Because later on, as you know, David Livingston died in Africa because of a disease lingering around in that place. Anxiety, sickness, and suffering or danger now and then with the foregoing of the common conveniences of charities of this life may make us pause and cause the spirit to waver and the soul to sink. He could have been a very good doctor in Scotland and never dared to go to Africa, but he did. He left the convenience of the United Kingdom of Scotland for Africa. But let this only be for a moment. All these are nothing when compared with the glory which shall be revealed in and for us. I never made a sacrifice. For these two, they never made a sacrifice. Why? Because the love of Jesus is greater than all that they could ever sacrifice. The love of Jesus, the forgiveness that they have received from Jesus is incomparable to any human inconvenience or any human sacrifice could ever give. The love of Jesus is so incomparable that seeing it, believing it, and experiencing it and all the things that you will give in exchange of it will never be a sacrifice. The love of Jesus compelled them. The love of Jesus compelled them. And I hope that same love of Jesus, that same forgiveness that you have received, you will be able to be to witness for others and to witness to others. The love of Christ compelled them. And lastly, why we're doing it? Why did the Holy Spirit give us that power so that we could be witnesses? Why? Because we have a mission. We have a purpose. And what is that purpose? So that we will be witnesses to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Meaning in every town, in every city, in every Samaria. In fact, 
when the disciples perhaps heard this, they didn't like it. Being a Jew, they don't want to go to Samaria because they hate the people in Samaria. They hate Samaritans. God will call you to a place where you hated most. God will call you to be witnesses to the people that you don't love. Sino yun? Yung biyanan niyo. Yung asawa niyong niloko kayo. Yung mga anak niyo naging suwail sa inyo. Di ba, Judea? Kayo yun siguro. O yung mga, pero may Samaria pa kayo. Pero hindi lang doon natatapos. God will call you to the ends of the earth. Like John Williams, like David Livingston. I'm preempting this church. I'm so sorry, my dear elders, my dear board. I hope as a church we will be missional. And when I say missional, we are not just here for the comforts of the air-conditioned room that we have. This is good. It should disturb us. It should rebuke us that all of us are calling for revival, revival, revival. But are you going out to be missionaries? To be witnesses of Jesus Christ? At nanahimik tayong lahat. Then we don't want revival. Because whenever God calls a revival, whenever there's a revival, there is always evangelism, mission, Christian witness. All the time. All the time. Let's not call for revival. Iabandunan natin to habang maaga pa. Abril pa lang. Because if you want to hear sermons like this, we will call you, we will be compelled by the love of Jesus to go out and preach the gospel. We could not have any other choice other than that. We don't have any choice because the love of Christ will compel us. If you want revival, you would have to be witnesses. You don't have any choice. You should not have any choice. We are saying we're missionary. We want to go for missions. Mission is important. Where? Our resources, our resources should, should be where, where our mouth is. I'm not saying the air condition is good. Thank you, there's air condition. Otherwise, siguro pawista pawista ako ngayon dito. I'm not saying it's bad. I hope someone of you here will answer the call of God to missions. My dear elders, my dear board, I will confess, we will support you. And I hope I will get a resounding amen from my elders and my board here. We should support you. We should. It should shame us that we declare and we want missions, but we will never give support to any one of you here who would say, I want to go to the mission field. We should be able to send you. And I hope the board and the elders will not scold me after this. Why did you say that? We should. The leaders of this church, we should. Because God is calling us to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And if you are called by God to do that mission, answer the call of God. We will be there for you. I could not be John Williams. Pero baka naman ako yun. Sana tulungan nyo naman ako. 
but uh, seriously speaking, before I end, this is the call of God. This is a serious call. We have been harping this message about revival, and it should disturb us now. How are we as a church? How are we becoming an effective witnesses of Jesus Christ? There's one story. I was in a, we were in a taxi. Doon pa kami sa YMCA. Huwag niyo kung ano kasi hindi pa ako napapastot noon. Ano pa lang ako, chairman pa lang ako noon. Nasa taxi kami and then the taxi driver asked us, um, where are you going? And my son said, we're going to the church about Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Yan yung sabi niya. And I stopped myself and said, baka kung ano man ang relihiyo nung, you know, you don't, you don't want to ruffle feathers, right? And said, oh really? And then the taxi driver is starting to have conversation and I'm stopping my son. And after that, of course, my son was, I was able to stop him. And then my son shamed me after the taxi driver. You are telling them about this. Why could you, not, you could not even tell it to the taxi driver? That's true. Similarly, it should shame us as well. Mahirap itong revival because this These sermons are very hard because it will shame us. It will disturb us. Gusto niyo ng revival? Pero ang kasunod na tanong, gusto niyo bang maging witnesses ni Jesus Christ? Amen or no amen? O, tinan niyo ang hina na. <laughs> gusto ng revival? Gusto ng yeah, yeah, da, da. Gusto ng ganon? Yes, amen, Lord. Yes, gusto namin yan. Waymaker, promise. Yeah, gusto ko yan. Witnesses. It should shame us. It should shame us. The convenience of this church will never propagate the gospel. You going out there, sharing them your testimony will make Jesus known. Pero wag ko na magsabihin, wag tayo mag-airpen next week. Ha? You want revival? Be witnesses of Jesus Christ. To Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I will end here. A powerful, urgent, relevant, Christ-centered communication of the gospel emphasizing the holiness and grace of God and the need for personal response is the kind of proclamation we need in a revival. Because, my dear brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit will empower us to be effective witnesses of Jesus Christ. God bids us to be His witnesses. You don't need theology degree. Tell them who Jesus is to you. Testify His goodness. Testify His mercy and His grace into your life. Because you, your testimonies, we are testimonies. We have a compelling story to tell to the nations. How Jesus Christ transformed our lives. How we've been forgiven by God. That story, the world ought. It will never happen if we will stay here. It will only happen if we will all go out and testify and witness the love of Christ. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day that you have given us. Lord, we repent. We repent if we become too convenient in this life, if we can become too convenient in this church, 
that we failed to realize that you are calling us to be your witnesses, to witness about your grace, your power, and how you have changed our lives. Father, we repent also as a church that we always say we love missions, but we never wanted to follow you in that area. Lord, stir the hearts of your people today. If someone of us here is being called to the mission field, Lord, as a church, may we also respond to that call of that person to support them in that call that they have in their life. And as a church, Lord, to be part of that great commission, to be part of that mission day, because it's your mission and you only call us to participate in it. Father, we also repent that we became so complacent that we could not even share to our loved ones, to our uh, colleagues, Lord, who you are and who Jesus is. Father, forgive us. Empower your people today. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit, O oh Lord. We're asking for your baptism. And those initial evidence of speaking in tongues, of miraculous signs, will, Lord, will be used so that we may be able to proclaim your gospel to all nations. Father, be with us. Revive us, O Lord. Disturb our spirits, O Lord. And Lord, create that disturbance in us that we will not stop, we will not be, and we will be moved, in fact, Lord God, to follow and obey you. Father, be with your people today, and we We'll just set aside whatever things that we're going through. We will set aside even our inconveniences, Lord God, even the things that we're carrying in our hearts because we want to obey you. Sometimes, Lord, we're too self-focused, self-centered. We're always asking, we need to be quenched. We need to be satisfied. We need to be healed. We need to be made whole. But sometimes, Lord, you're calling us to set aside those things and you're calling us, pleading us to obey you. Father, forgive us. Revive your church, O Lord, today we pray. And I know, Lord God, that you will stir us today, stir the hearts of your people. Father, we thank you for this message of revival. And we seek, Lord God, that you will give this into this church and that we should be prepared to be awakened, to be shaken, to be disturbed. And that we will not stop, we will not stop until we have done what you're asking us to do. Father, be with your people today, I pray. And I know, Lord God, as they face the work week, as they face the challenges of this brand new week, be with them. Make them witnesses of our Lord Jesus Christ. All this we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us all stand to receive the benediction. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And amen. Thank you, my dear brothers and sisters. Go well. Be witnesses of Jesus Christ. For those of you who have joined us online, thank you. And we'll see you again next week. God bless you.